Now we turn our attention to the metric results. Getting metric with university entrance is one of the primary goals of secondary education students. Yeah, but I don't think it's supposed to be. However, not everyone obtains that. And we all know this for a fact. If you listen to our open line... Sorry about that. Uh, if you were listening to our open line, you will have noticed that there had been some uh, questions about this very issue of university students, of students who were doing a trick in year 2018, who either did not uh, get the university entrance, if you perform better than expected, but had not applied, what then do you do? That's a second category of students. If you have not done well enough to enter university and you'd like to improve your marks perhaps you had a school living and now you want an exemption or at the very least a university entrance what do you do now if if it's possible that perhaps you have the time and money to take a gap year then uh, would that be a, a viable option well, we're talking about matric students or post-matric students, those who were doing matric last year and now have got different options this year. Joining us now is Natasha Medev, uh, Senior Head of Program, Faculty of the Independent Institute, Institute of Education. Good evening to you, Natasha, and thank you very much for agreeing to speak to us. Good evening to you, too. Am I pronouncing your name well, Medev? That's correct. Thank you very much, ma'am. Now, uh, first and foremost, um, your take on the um, metric results for 2018? I think it looks promising. There is some improvement, but there's always room for more improvement. I think as year goes by, we pick up on the challenges, and I think schools are making a strong effort to get these students through metric. So it's just hard work and commitment from the students as well. Yeah. When, when when students, to the best of your understanding, when they study for their metric uh, final exam, do you imagine they know exactly where to from that exam? Um, many do, but to be honest, it's only when you get your results you really know where you're going. Because sometimes you may have anticipated, you know, really good results and then you don't make it for the actual qualification you wanted to study for. So when you actually get your results, some adjustment and replanning might need to happen. But I mean, there's always options. So if you're planning to do a bachelor's degree and didn't make it for a bachelor's degree, you can always have your papers remarked or rewrite the subject or even look at doing a higher certificate. It all depends. But I mean, research is important because you're going to find yourself in a position where you thought I was going to perhaps do this engineering degree at a particular university and then you you might be sadly disappointed because a the results will be you didn't uh there's a long list of students and you didn't make the cut yeah yeah so um what should be the next step now they have got their results some got the university entrance some did not some failed some just don't have the interest to go back and sit on a desk for studying. What should be the next um, uh, a course of action? I, I say this because uh, the economy needs um, an injection of workers, uh, I suppose uh, most of which uh, would be skilled or have a skill of sorts that would contribute to the economy. And as such, uh, when these who are finishing their year or finish their qualification year last year at university go into the workforce, we need to have have another group going in but then again what should we be doing now for those matriculants what should they do should they take a gap year 
Should they... Okay, let's, yeah, let's go ahead. start with the matriculants that failed. Yeah. I mean, if you're really passionate about pursuing your studies, then it would make sense to go and rewrite some of your subjects or have subjects remarked. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, you've come so far. Why would you want to quit at the end? For those who have have passed and feel that they've now really had enough, and if they can afford to do a gap year and they have full support from their parents, then they should go for the gap year. You don't want to force yourself into a qualification which can cost your parents a lot of money and then you drop out halfway. So if your parents give you the support for the gap year, then go for it. Um, if you wanted to do a degree and you only have uh, a certificate pass, then again, you need the support of your parents to push you to remark your subjects or rewrite certain subjects so that you can get into that degree program. Or you can do a higher certificate. So many colleges offer higher certificates, like the private institutions. Once you finish and complete your higher certificate, you can then get entrance into a degree. Yeah. So there are various options. I think research is important. So the minute you get your results, you've got to start researching and looking at all the options because you may have chosen option now you're not so happy. Get into the net. There's a wealth of information and do lots of research to get yourself to a place where you want to be. Yeah. Because you don't want to be six months into the year and then you have regrets. Then, then you're going to be disheartened. Mm, mm, mm. So, uh, do we really need students to go into universities? Like, really? I say really because uh, we, we've heard this oh so many times being said that we need people who are going to have skills, practical skills. Artist Henry, for example, would be one of the avenues they should consider because uh, we seem to be having expats uh, taking up those roles and South Africans do not seem to be considering them. Do we, does our economy really need people to go into university? Look, I see uh, the importance of a university degree. But I mean, many students, when they finish matric, they might not be ready for that. Some of them, you know, they have the fear of studying further. Who knows? If you can go into a TVET college and do some kind of artisan program, then that's great, but at least you are getting somewhere. You're getting the quali- qualification for yourself. Yeah. The degree is not the end. I mean, if you're not mentally ready for that three years or four years, you can go do a two-year qualification. Yeah. And as you progress through the years and once you study and finish your two-year qualification, you realize, okay, I actually enjoy studying. And you may pursue further study. Okay. But if you're not ready for that, then you shouldn't. Then go and do, um, you know, some kind of artisan program to set your mind at ease and, of course, set your parents at ease at least you enriching your skills in yeah. some way. I ask this in this fashion because we have been told by economists that we will have very, very weak growth, economic growth in the year 2019. And this is after we saw us going into a technical recession. This probably because we don't have a well-managed economy in our country and even the contributors to our economy are not contributing as would be desired to give us even a one single-digit increase of economic growth like the ones we used to see during the Mbeki administration the 6, 7.2 uh, economic growth. Now my curiosity is is it not possible that perhaps when we direct the attention and the focus of our young people we should direct them in the course of participating in joining the workforce whenever that will be that will help 
build our economy, whether they go to university or anywhere else? Shouldn't that be the focus uh, to direct their attention towards a place where they will, one, be desired by the workforce, uh, the employment industry, and they will not have qualifications that will be useless to them? No, absolutely. I mean, you really don't want to force a student into a qualification that they're not going to be happy with, but you don't also want um, unemployed youth. Mm. So, I mean, a lot of research is required, and you need to find where your passion is. I mean, I might find that beauty therapy is what I want to do, but nothing stops me from going and getting a beauty therapy qualification, and then I can open my own practice. Mm. You know, so I'm contributing to the economy that way because I'm opening my own practice and I might employ other staff members uh, to work for my practice. So it's all about your passion and what you want to do. And if you're passionate about what you do, you're going to contribute to the economy some way or the other. That, that, we just do not want unemployment yeah, youth in our economy. That's exactly the number of my question, Ms. Madhav, uh, that when we, when we speak of uh, their passion and what the economy needs, those two may not necessarily be uh, looking at each other because I might have a passion in something that is not really going to make me money or help me contribute to the economy. It doesn't matter how much passion I might have, but if the economy doesn't have a place for that passion of mine, I will remain useless and an unemployed, unemployed graduate. And therein lies the question, should we be really in Encouraging them to follow their passion if we don't want them to be employed, to be unemployed, or should we be directing their attention to develop interests in this part of the economy? This is a way you're going to be able to live and make a living for yourself. Look, that is why I say research is important because I may be passionate in certain aspects, but I must also know that there's going to be a good career for me. Does it make sense? Yeah, I hear you. Um, I need to know that whatever it is I studied, there is a career path for me. And it might not necessarily be getting that degree. I could get a higher certificate, or I could just get a qualification in terms of hairdressing. But I must know that whatever I do, there is some path for me in the future to make money. Because I, I do believe that many of the youth we have today know what it is like to struggle. And everybody is thinking of their future. But many are scared to just go into qualifications that they're not going to be happy with. Yeah, yeah. So that is why research is important. And you've got to know that when I choose a specific um, career or qualification, there is a path for me. Because I don't want to, after three years, sitting with a degree and I cannot get employed. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Yes. Uh, the, the lines are open, by the way. 0891-104-207-0891-104-207. We're in conversation with Ms. Devat Medev, who is um, speaking to us about what's happening or what should be happening with our post matriculants and those perhaps who would like to rewrite uh, and, and, and improve their symbols as we used to call them during my time. And Natasha Madav is a senior head of program, faculty of the Independent Institute of Education, talking to us about just that. Now, uh, I, I, I can almost taste the rage of a student who is going to 
finally get into a line tomorrow and then get into uh, enrollment and be enrolled into a particular qualification perhaps it's their third or second choice not their first choice because the first choice has already been filled by other students and then he goes into a year of something that he doesn't really want spends money to fund and finance that education and has to repeat next year because actually they didn't really like what they took and take up another qualification which perhaps is their choice and when they get into that they already have some form of education fatigue and they don't do well up until they get a qualification after five years i understand i'm being hyperbolic and very cynical but sometimes this is what happens and then ultimately they don't get employed um do you imagine perhaps uh, that would be mitigated by taking a gap year to refresh and rejuvenate the mind um i'm not against gap years at all mm. But you do need the support of your parents yeah. to do something like that. I think, uh, you know, once you finish a matric exam and you're really totally fatigued and you've had enough of studying, there's nothing wrong with working part-time, taking a gap year, but ultimately your parents have to support you in that. And I think you learn. I mean, I can go and work as a waiter. I'm going to learn people skills, communication skills. And by working as a waiter, I might realize what my passion is. You know, do I enjoy working with people? Do I enjoy being on my feet all day? Would I prefer a desk job? So you learn yeah. through that kind of environment. So I don't see anything wrong with taking a gap year. Ultimately, you do need the backing and support of your parents to do that because you don't want to be on this gap year and then your parents are frustrated with you because they feel you're not doing anything yeah. with your life. You know? yeah. So, uh, yeah. There, is, there is this part of our conversation which we just brushed through it about artisans. Um, um, do you imagine that South African young people, I understand this is a generalized question which may not be fair, but I'll ask you anyway. Uh, do you imagine South African youth are interested in being artisans in our country? I think the South African youth is obviously, there's many of them know that to, to earn a good salary, I need to get into a blue chip company. In order to do that, I need to get a degree. You know, so some of them maybe skeptical just to go and become an electrician because they realize they're going to be self-employed. Uh, it might take a while before I make some money for myself. So again, it's about parents' guidance. You know, if the, if the parents guide you well and you do your research, you can realize, okay, we do have a, a lack of electricians, so going to that field might not be so bad. Being self-employed might not be so bad. Mm. So again, it's research and engaging with people. You know, you can't just go and become an electrician without having done the necessary research. You need to know, okay, there is a lack of that in, in South Africa. And yes, if I'm self-employed, I can work for myself, I can work at my own pace, and I can make money. Yeah. But again, it's confidence and guidance from the people around you yeah. and research, like I say. Yes, yes. Yeah. And again, this issue has, has been debated uh, at nauseum uh, in, in some of the forums I've been invited in to the point that it, it, it has come up that it seems that, that, that we have more expats who are filling the, 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 the jobs of, of artisans than South Africans. Um, would you know anything about that as a fact? No, unfortunately, I 
can't comment much about that. Yeah, this yeah. is why I'm asking because um, uh, there's an article that I read and I want to read it verbatim so you understand exactly the, the, the predicate of my question. And this is an article on skillsportals.co. It reads, and I quote, the lack of skilled artisans in a major barrier is a major barrier to job creation and economic growth. They play a hugely important role in the economic growth of our country. And if we had more skilled artisans, it would also help industry who often have to look outside the country to find the right skills, quote unquote. This is Nila Berger, by the way. Uh, Nila Berger is a, is, is a, is a writer, uh, training and development manager at Novus Holdings. And, 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 and therein lies my question. Is it possible? that we are shooting ourselves in the foot when we don't inspire and encourage our young people to look into these. Because if we know this for a fact, as far as research is concerned, as far as uh, the presidency is concerned, uh, during his Tumamina uh, uh, launch last year, they're saying we're looking for skilled artisans in our country. Why would we ignore this? Why would we not pay more attention to inspiring our young people to go into this branch of craftsmanship? Um, perhaps it, it could come from parents where they feel that that kind of a job might not bring you the income that you want to sustain a very good life. I mean, we all think of just getting degrees in engineering, being doctors, being lawyers. So um, maybe it's the mindset. But, I mean, there are a lot of youth now that might not make into university. And if these colleges market themselves well, then, I mean, they would get in these students. But obviously, once you complete the qualification, the student also needs to know there will be assistance in getting these jobs. Because I can spend two years to become an electrician. But then somewhere along the line, someone needs to assist me to find my way. Yeah. You know, So maybe that's where... Uh, some of the fear is. So I get this qualification. Now I'm self-employed. How am I going to get jobs? I yeah. need to sort of market myself. Yeah. So I think that is the fear of self being self-employed and having to start your own business. So many see the best way out is getting the degree so that you can get into a good corporate company. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, not many. there are many students, actually, that's not going to make it into university. So I think that's a, a great option to get into those CVET colleges where I can at least get a qualification. And even if I'm self-employed, at least I know I'm contributing to the economy. Mm. And I can grow as time goes. I think it's based on fear. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Final question, yeah. I'll let you go. Uh, if, if we look into the, the, the NDP, at least according to the, the National Development Plan, the country for the country to, to stop poverty, reduce inequality, and ensure that citizens have a better working and living condition, at least by 2030, uh, as far as the NDP is concerned, South Africa needs to produce over 30,000 qualified artisans. And this is an per annum per year to meet that labor demand. If we are not able to convince them to get into artist Henry, and how will we meet this deadline? And effectively, we're cultivating poverty. If we know for a fact that our research, uh, as far as uh, our ministries that had put together work to put together the NDP, had found out that we need artisans 30,000 per year uh, for us to eradicate poverty by 2030, are we ever going to get down that path if we have people queuing at universities? Look, that's a great opportunity then for colleges to market themselves to get these students who sometimes can't 
don't even have funding for themselves into these programs so they can at least be meeting the, the demand that you need in 2030. So I don't think these, the colleges could be possibly marketing themselves well or it's just the students are not doing research. Yeah. Like, for me, um, you know, perhaps getting into schools, the colleges getting into schools and giving the students the option. So if I did not make it to university, these are the kind of qualifications we offer. So I think a good start would be for many of the colleges to create this awareness from grade 11 already. Hmm. So students already know that, okay, if I can't make it into the university, these are my options. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I believe there are a lot of students out there that can't afford education. Mm. You know, so if they know that these are the options, they would go for it. Perhaps it's just maybe communication. I you know, lack so. of. Yes, I suppose so. Natasha Madhav, yeah. thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. We appreciate your time. No problem. All right, um, uh, that was uh, Natasha Madhav, Senior Head of Program and Faculty of uh, the Independent Institute of Education, talking to us about uh, the metric situation. Uh, we'll continue our conversation shortly.